the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, Labor Day, Monday, September the 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 6th, 2006, President George W. Bush, he acknowledged for the first time that the CIA was running secret prisons overseas, said tough interrogation had forced terrorist leaders to reveal plots to attack the uh, United States and its allies. Bush got a lot of pushback on that, as you may recall, and there was a lot said about waterboarding and all kinds of other techniques that were being used. But the left seemed to lose the fact during that conversation, as I recall it, they seemed to lose the fact that these people they were talking about are people that were hell-bent on destroying America and killing people in America. Often that's lost in the left because they live in a world that is not attached to reality for the most part. Today in 1901, President William McKinley, he was shot mortally wounded by an anarchist at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. McKinley died eight days later. The shooter was executed a few weeks later. Today in 1909, American explorer Robert Perry, he sent a telegram from uh, Indian Harbor, Labrador, he announced that he had reached the North Pole five months earlier. In later years, that's been disputed a little bit. They say that he thought he had reached the North Pole, but his coordinates were a little off and he didn't actually reach the North Pole. Frankly, I couldn't care less either way, but he believed he had been there at the time. So any progressive should believe that. If he believed it, if he identified as having been on the North Pole, he was on the North Pole. Today in 1997, a public funeral was held for Princess Diana Westminster Abbey in London six days after her death in that car crash in Paris. Also today in 1997, in Calcutta, India, weeping masses gathered to pay homage to Mother Teresa. She had died the day before. She was 87 years old. Today in 2002, meeting outside Washington, D.C. for only the second time since 1800, Congress convened in New York to pay homage to the victims and the heroes of September 11th. And today in 2018, Twitter permanently banned Alex Jones and his InfoWars show for abusive behavior. Their words not mine. There's a pregnant woman who is from California. She's currently trapped in Afghanistan. She was in the news over the weekend. She says the Taliban is hunting Americans following the U.S. military's withdrawal. She is apparently Afghan. She's, as I said, from California. She went there to visit family a while back, not expecting what happened, of course. And um, she, her fiance or boyfriend was there 
and they got married and the two of them were planning to come back to the United States. She considers this home. She refers to America as her home. And um, she says there's been days, you know, where I think to myself, am I going to make it home? Am I going to end up living here? Am I going to end up dying here? I don't know if she's Afghan or not, but I assume maybe she is. I don't know. But she has family there. But she explained during a recent interview with Voice of America that she said the Taliban terrorists are literally hunting Americans. She says that uh, she said it was so hard to get a flight. She said the arrangements were made. We went to the airport as we were directed to do. She said our military, the U.S. military at the time, before they were taken out of there, she said, we're helping us. We got right to the gate, but the Taliban stepped up and said no, even though she had a U.S. passport. She said our troops were literally at the gate just waiting for us to continue walking, and they blocked us. She said the terrorist fighters refused to let her move forward despite seeing her passport. There's also stories coming out of Afghanistan over the weekend from reliable sources that are telling us there's a group of Christians, quite a large group of Christians, that had the opportunity to escape Afghanistan. They don't go into detail as to how they were able to escape, but they had the opportunity to do so, a legitimate opportunity to do so. They have declined that opportunity because they have made the decision after much prayer and fasting that they're going to stay. They know that they will ultimately be hunted down and killed. They know that. But they've made the decision to stay and continue leading people to Christ because there is such a revival of people converting from Islam to Christianity, accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And this group of Christians in Afghanistan declined the opportunity to be safely taken out of the country and out of the clutches of the Taliban in, in favor of staying in the country and leading as many people to Christ as they could before they're ultimately killed. And then we think we have it difficult here in America. But there's no question that things are moving in a direction that is all too familiar if you're a student of history at all. Pro-choicers, as they call themselves, women's health care, they can now count the satanic temple among their list of allies in this fight to uh, upend Texas and their recent anti-abortion law. Two years after challenging a pro-life law in Missouri, the satanic group, the satanic temple, I've talked about them on this program before, they filed a letter with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration on Friday. They're arguing that it's Texas members, I don't know how many members they have in Texas, that are satanic temple worshipers, but anyway, they have some, they say. They filed this letter with U.S. Drug and, and uh, Food and Drug Administration. They're arguing that it, their Texas members should have legal access to abortion pills and abortion. San Antonio Current newspaper is putting that out over the weekend. Strange, strange alignments on the left. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, particularly, you see the alignment of gay pride, the, the, all the homosexual movement. You see satanic temple. You see all of these different components 
extremists in our culture that are now being considered as kind of mainstream and the Christians are being considered as the, you know, the outliers, as the, you know, unusual, the not aligned with the culture people. And have you ever looked at the alignment of these people? The abortion industry, the homosexual industry, human rights campaign, HRC, and all of the various groups that promote, you know, the gay agenda. And then you've got the satanic temple. You've got all these different parts, and they all align against anything that might upset their agenda. It's interesting how this strange kind of relationship that exists there, I think, to any clear-eyed, clear-hearted Christian, it's pretty easy to understand what that's about. It's not really about the issue. It's about rebellion against God, satanically inspired rebellion against God. It's getting more and more where Christians are becoming, even in America, not Afghanistan, we're not there for sure, but in America, Christians are beginning to be targeted more and more. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But I also want to tell you that God has a word for you and for me. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 19, the verses leading up to that in the chapter, and I don't, I don't have time to get into that. We don't do a Bible study here. I, I, once in a while, very rarely, but once in a while, somebody will say, boy, I wish you'd just spend your time teaching the Bible and not talk about politics. Well, the reason that I... I talk about politics, if you want to call it that, is because I believe God has called me to do this. I understand if if someone doesn't understand, and it's rare when anyone mentions this, but it has been mentioned. But the reason that I talk about what we talk about here from a, I'm an ordained minister. I've been ordained all my entire adult life, a pastor, a youth pastor, a music pastor. I, I love Bible studies. But God has called me to do this and to speak to the issues currently. That's why we originate live every day, including today on Labor Day. We originate live because we want to talk about what's going on in the world, and we want to do so from a biblical perspective. But with that in mind, the most important thing that I ever say on this program is when we read the word of the Lord and give you that word, because that word is infallible. It is true. It will never pass away. And Daniel was going through a time in chapter 10, and um, he was distressed. He was a little overwhelmed. He was sad. He was, I suppose we could say, depressed. And in that context, just if you've got some minutes today, just read chapter 10 about the first oh, 20 verses or so. But we read these words coming from the Lord, from this person in this dream that Daniel had. O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. In Psalm chapter 40, verse 2, the Bible says, He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. 
The world is spinning out of control on every front. A president that can't function, a world in chaos, all of this seemingly out of control. But I want to tell you, God is in control. And God loves you and he loves me. And we're walking with him as he walks with us. So, oh man or woman, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. That's the word of the Lord. New York Democrat Congressional Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she wouldn't be worth mentioning, frankly. I mean, she, God loves her. She doesn't love God. It's very apparent to me, at least, from what I read and what I see her say. But I think she claims some stripe of Christianity. I'm not sure. But she wouldn't be worth mentioning in this context, except that she has a continually growing base of influence. And she is extremely well-funded from George Soros, sources, and others. But she said on Friday, she said, Christian extremists, I'm quoting her, Christian extremists are passing forced birth laws to make it more difficult for a woman to abort her child. This just days after Texas passed that pro-life law and it went into effect. I talked about it on this program. It's being discussed all across our nation. It's being attacked now across our nation by the left. In attacking Texas, their new pro-life law, this leftist elites are noting that some pro-life states may soon be overrun with children with disabilities. And they are specifically... And these are people with a loud voice. I mean, a lot of people are listening to these people. They're specifically noting Down syndrome. They're saying that states that go with this heartbeat kind of legislation, as Texas has done, and there are a number of them in the process of doing so, including Florida, they're looking at it. These people are now saying, they're warning America that if if the pro-life people have their way, They're going to be creating these states like Texas and Florida and certainly not Washington and Oregon, I can assure you of that, but maybe Idaho, pro-life states, are going to be creating an environment where they're going to be, these are their words, overrun by disabled children because they are allowing them to be born. And they're not selectively aborting them because of their disabilities. This is very frightening. This strikes at the heart of God himself. Eugenics advocate and Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger, she would be delighted. She would be proud if she could only see us now. On Friday, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, she tweeted, Christian extremists are passing forced birth laws to intimidate and cut off abortion services, including for victims of rape, incest and child abuse. While we fight back, she said, know that you still have options. Pill, she has millions of followers on Twitter. She said millions, pills can be mailed to your home discreetly. If this is such an open item, why would they need to be mailed there discreetly? But anyway, that's what she said in her tweet. She goes on and on and tells everybody where to get their pills and so on. As I said, this was just days after Texas law banning abortion about this fetal heartbeat. Once you can detect a fetal heartbeat, they can't abort anymore. It's just blowing. I mean, they've just blown up 
the left over this thing. They're out in force. They're working every angle to unravel this Texas law. They got a little bit of an injunction the other day. It isn't going to mean anything in the big scheme, but it meant something to them. Nancy Pelosi, she's claiming on Twitter, quote, every woman has a constitutional and moral right to basic reproductive health care. We will fight SB 8. That's the Texas law. And all immoral. She she calls saving babies, unborn babies lives immoral. Those are her words, immoral and dangerous attacks on women's health and freedoms. We will fight this with all of our strength. Both Biden and Pelosi claim to be devout Catholics, but publicly they reject the church's teaching on the two most fundamental moral issues, life and murder. (laughs) I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God knew you and me when he formed us in our mother's womb. Life is important to God. God created life. And thou shalt not commit murder. (laughs) That's carved into stone in many places. It's the Ten Commandments. No, not for these people. At one time, Joe Biden, he's been all over the place on a lot of issues, from gay marriage to abortion to whatever. He's just followed the path of least resistance, because Joe Biden's, and these are his words, not mine, his life goal was to become president of the United States. And finally, under these unusual circumstances of the last election, he was able literally to stumble and crawl into the Oval Office. I say that without any disrespect, it just is the way it is. Nancy Pelosi, she too claims to be a devout Catholic. I don't know if she's had different views in the past, but Biden has changed his theological beliefs many times. But she says she's a devout Catholic, and if we don't allow people to have abortions, that's immoral. (laughs) Calling evil good and good evil. Let me talk to you a little bit about eugenics 101. Following this campaign against life, this Down syndrome was trending over the weekend. And that's why I decided to talk a little bit about it today, because it's trending on Twitter over the weekend, still this morning. That is the most um, accessed word over the weekend on the various search sites and so on, right alongside abortion. Many of those posting on Twitter were quoting from a thread that was coming from a Newsweek contributor and a journalist with Newsweek. His name is Richard Hanina. He proposed that banning uh, this post-heartbeat abortions could overrun red states with children with Down syndrome and other disabilities. And he said that would be very harmful to the culture. He wrote, you can't screen for Down syndrome before about 10 weeks and something like 80% of Down syndrome fetuses are aborted. It's almost like taking an aspirin if you have a headache for these people. They're killing children because they perceive they won't be productive. How many people before us have done this? It wasn't just Karl Marx. Every despot that has seized power from Adolf Hitler back in this world has initiated some form of what these people are talking about in America, in a nation founded on godly principles. 
Hanina said, you can't screen for Down syndrome before about 10 weeks and something like 80% of Down syndrome fetuses are aborted. Put this on Twitter. He said, if red states ban abortion, we could see a world where they have five times as many children with Down syndrome and similar numbers for other disabilities. In another tweet, he said, could be outliers in the whole developed world, saying we could be the odd people out because we're not killing the the unborn babies that we think might be disabled. There are already negative stereotypes of Americans, he said, in these states, talking about the conservatives in states like Texas and Florida. We don't have that problem here in the Northwest, do we? But there are states that are have a majority conservative. He says those states are going to be really whacked hard by all of this if they continue on this path. He said it raises these questions. Will they maintain their belief in a small safety net and lower government spending in such a world that they're creating? Would liberals change their minds about government spending if it ends up going to states that have much higher costs because of their pro-life laws? Many interesting things to think about. Well, indeed, there are things to think about in this outburst from the left. They are wild about this, almost as much as their their leader, Margaret Sanger. The abortion industry as we know it today was created by Margaret Sanger. She's the founder of Planned Parenthood. She was a racist who advocated eugenics as the best method to eradicate, eradicate blacks and other undesirables. No, I'm not misquoting. Sanger's much republished My Way to Peace. It was published originally in 1932. It clearly lays out her essential eugenics platform. Although she wrote and said much about her eugenics agenda, My Way to Peace is what she really believed. She argues that, I'm quoting from it, to preserve racial hygiene... (laughs) Let that those two words sink in. Racial hygiene. The government should enact three coercive measures. First, this is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Keep this in mind. The woman that's worshipped and until just this past year, just months ago, they gave away the Margaret Sanger Award. Now they it became such a political liability to them, and people like you and me started figuring out who Margaret Sanger really was and what they really stand for. They changed the name, but they haven't changed their motive. They haven't changed their heart one bit. They still believe in this, the abortion industry. It's sad. It's it's barbaric. It's demonic. Anyway, in her My Way to Peace, she says three things. She's telling the government what they should do. First, it should sterilize those with mental and physical disabilities, which include morons, mental defectives, and epileptics. Second, it should segregate on state-run concentration farms a much broader public of impoverished and criminal citizens, including paupers, prostitutes, drug addicts, illiterates, and the unemployed. If the second group reformed its behavior and accepted sterilization, I'm reading from her book, it could return to mainstream society. The third initiative would be obligatory birth control training for mothers with serious diseases such as heart disease in an effort to persuade them to renounce any further childbearing. This program was not about choice or women's health care. It's about population control. That's what she believed in, and that's what 
Planned Parenthood was birthed from and the abortion industry in America was birthed from. Defenders of Sanger in the last generation are defenders of Planned Parenthood in this generation. Sanger was clever. She was also a racist. And she had some of the same things that you can read on social media today. She believed. She just didn't have social media. With Sanger, birth control based on individual freedom denigrated into population control. She figured this out. She engineered a coercive state. There was no question as to the color of the populations that she targeted. She talked about blacks incessantly. She was obsessed with it. She didn't think that they were acceptable in society. At least 70,000 people in the U.S. were forcibly sterilized, though under laws that she promoted, she and her allies. But there was a letter that she wrote that I want to share with you that really lays it all bare. One of Sanger's most cherished initiatives was what she called, and it's well, it's written about, there's a lot about this. It was called the Negro Project. It targeted predominantly black neighborhoods for birth control. She actually recruited black leaders, some pastors and ministers, to persuade the minority populations, particularly the black populations, to help her persuade minority neighborhoods of the value of contraception and sterilization. In her letter, written in 1939 to a black minister, Clarence Gamble, she revealed the underpinnings of her agenda and that of Planned Parenthood and all of these people that are fighting Texas today. In the letter, she said, quote, We don't want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, and the African-American minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. In other words, she was recruiting black pastors to kind of quell any questions that the black community might raise as she proceeded with her agenda to exterminate them. And so today we celebrate Planned Parenthood. It's demonic ideology. It's anti-God. It's an act of rebellion against God. It's not an effort to make society better. That's a lie. Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, you name it. Ocasio-Cortez, Joe Biden. Why have they lined up behind such an ideology? It's because of darkness. It's because of rebellion against God. Princeton University professor Robert George, he saw this thread and he wrote, an, he wrote a lot about it on, on over the weekend on Twitter. He said, why is Down syndrome trending on Twitter? Because some of the people are arguing we need permissive abortion laws so we can screen quotes for people with Downs and kill them in utero. So wrong. No member of the human family is inherently superior or inferior to any other basic dignity. And he says much more than that. He said, sometimes it's worth remembering that what became known as the Holocaust did not begin with the murder of Jews or Slavs or Romani. It began with the killing of the disabled and cognitively impaired. They were graded as useless eaters and declared life unworthy of life. That's the world we live in, and that's why we can sometimes lose our strength. But remember, he brought me out the horrible pit. He set my feet on a rock. Stand strong on the rock. Thank you for your support of this ministry. 
We couldn't be here without it, and we depend on it every month. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.